Thank you for downloading this week's episode of PR Week's Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of Coffee Break. It's Steve Barrett here, who's the Editorial Director of PR Week, and I'm delighted to be with Neymar Hook, who is the SVP of Operations at Vayner NFT. And Neymar, it's great to have you on Coffee Break, and really looking forward to finding out more about NFTs, because it seems you can't walk around the corner or go anywhere these days without hearing about them, but it's, there's so much noise, I'm not sure if people understand much about them. So welcome to Coffee Break. Thanks for having me, Steve. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so you've joined uh, Vayner relatively recently, but you have a, a history in PR from Precision and Lippy Taylor and uh, on the client side at Humana. So tell us a bit about the new role at Vayner and, and what you're doing, because it sounds like a really interesting um, opportunity. Yeah, so um, Vayner is growing very quickly, uh, expanding in the NFT space, um, and has really put a stake in the ground in establishing an agency dedicated uh, to this work. And and really, we're positioning ourselves as consultants because the kind of change making and transformation that has to happen in an enterprise to bring on Web3 technologies and, and start to wade into this space does require uh, some significant repositioning of how they think about engaging with customers. So uh, from an operation standpoint, there's a lot to do. You know, it's uh, typical agency engagements on dropping projects. Um, you have communication that is largely through social media and websites and other traditional mediums, but you have these mechanisms of smart contracts and blockchain interactions and the NFTs themselves that require a lot of technology infrastructure and a lot of understanding of how the culture is going to respond to you issuing that. So um, there are, you know, really critical considerations around uh, getting it right um, and making sure that you're using something that people can interact with. Uh, and we work with all kinds of technology partners and uh, artists and, and other uh, you know, thinkers in the space to, to make sure that everything from the tokenomics to the experience of working with the NFT or experiencing the NFT uh, is something that's really good for um, the, the people who are choosing to mint them. Yeah, well, looking forward to digging into some of that. Tokenomics, I like that. That's a good word. But I guess we should start with a word about the your founder, Gary Vaynerchuk, a charismatic uh, marketer. Has been, he was in early on on a bunch of social platforms, wasn't he? He's, he's always seems to be at the cutting edge. And I, following him on social, saw his the sort of uh, run-up to his NFT thing. He was doing loads of doodles and what have you and, and sort of teasing them and then eventually there was a big drop and I think there were a few issues around that drop but he was I think he's also very conscious to say that this is very early stages right so you get this sort of get rich quick sort of vibe around NFTs but I think would it be fair to say Gary's view is we're, we're at really early stages and there are going to be lots of potential uses here for brand marketers and communicators. Yeah, I think Gary's been pretty unequivocal about his lifelong commitment to holders of his NFT. And this is really something that is unique about these products. Uh, they are indelible on the blockchain in perpetuity. Uh, there is provenance dating back to the original issuance of that product. And it's something that has never existed in this form uh, ever before. It allows for a type of engagement with the holder of the token that uh, is really difficult to achieve otherwise through social media or email. Um, so it, it's a new way of communicating with your customers. It's also a new way that 
the customers themselves are able to express themselves. And as a medium of communication, uh, it has that uh, unique attribute of, of turning into something that can be an identity for people. It can be a collection that represents them. Uh, and it can be a mechanism for utility for things like what Gary put out, uh, you know, opportunities to meet him or uh, come to a conference, which uh, I'm sure you're curious about is coming up this year. Yeah, VCon, we'll get into that as well in Minneapolis, I think, in May. Um, but Gary's always been into collectibles, going back to baseball cards and things like that. Is, are, is it fair to say NFTs are like the modern version of collectibles? Yeah, I think he would say that um, the collecting that he's done all his life uh, never, never imagined it would manifest uh, in the way that culture has uh, adopted collectability as as a as a core focus. But um, that that's how it's manifested, um, and so I think he has a, a penchant for it and uh, and a skill in, in understanding where the culture is going to lead. He was early into sports cards and. And other things like that. He's been doing garage sales for a long time, um, and you know there was just a, a, a confluence of, of interest in, in both uh, um, you know the way that the NFTs work and the way that people like to think about collectability and rarity um, that made a lot of sense to him. So initial issuance of this and a lot of projects at that time were uh, very focused on collectability, and that continues to be an important thing in the space. But I think the conversation has deepened and the focus has turned to art and uh, the utility of the project, the way that the technology facilitates uh, interactions with others in your community or with websites or, or uh, experiences. Um, and, and people are doing really interesting and uh, amazingly advanced in terms of the technology things with their projects now. And if I'm a brand manager, a marketer, a communicator, what should I know about it? Give us a, a sense for what people are doing. Obviously, people collect shoes, right? Nikes, whatever whatever your brand is. So presumably, those sort of brands are at a leading edge or fashion brands. But what are the opportunities for brands? And if I'm sitting there, what should I be looking at in terms of incorporating NFTs into my uh, activations? Yeah, so um, there's, there's a spectrum of potential utilizations you have with Gary's project the introduction of a lot of intellectual property so these are new characters that he has a vision for creating merchandise and television shows and feature films around these characters and because of the nature of it being an NFT he can give back to the holders of those uh, individual pieces of IP in a way that would be really hard to do through shares or some other financial mechanism so a lot of brands are thinking about ways to unlock their own IP, you know, hand over a certain amount of ownership, especially with new properties uh, to their customers and allow them to be, uh, you know, part of a community that has uh, a say in the direction of where this, uh, you know, this character might evolve into and what kinds of opportunities may exist for, um, you know, creating uh, media and other expressions of that content. Uh, we see this happening with film and with uh, animation. Uh, we definitely see, started seeing with uh, gaming and people are buying into games in a way that uh, allows them to have um, interactions with people all over the world that are financially rewarding. Um, you know, they, there's play to earn mechanics that uh, allow you to earn tokens and games for you know certain levels of performance. So there's a new um, a new way of thinking about approaching these spaces that again hasn't existed in other domains. And so when brands are coming to this space, 
they have to think about what will align with their existing customer base and how they want to tap into the crypto native or NFT native communities too, because those are the ones who will probably be earliest and uh, be the you know the most translating, uh, most uh, um, you know advocate uh, you know advocacy driving uh, individuals in uh, in the space to help other people enter the space. Brands are starting um, to dip their toes in a lot of different ways. They're partnering with artists to do art drops that uh, give you ownership of a token of digital art. Um, they are starting to do things that uh, give you uh, loyalty um, you know, cards that you can earn points against. And those are all uh, tracked on the blockchain and they're uh, immutable and you have ownership of them so you could sell those things. They're doing tickets, uh, you know, all kinds of anything that's governed by a contract um, or is an agreement that needs to persist for a long time can be made available through an NFT. Um, so there's a lot of ways that um, companies that have agreements with their customers are starting to think about bringing this technology to facilitate those agreements and allow for automated transacting, uh, you know, financial interactions um, and access uh, and gating to events, both virtual and in real life. Um, through the mechanism of the NFT. Are there any fashion brands that have sort of done anything that really caught your eye, you know, um, or consumer brands? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so we, uh, you know, we, we see fashion brands entering the space because of the uh, potential of the metaverse to be an immersive 3D experience that starts to replace some of the two-dimensional interactions that we have over the internet. And when we go into these spaces, we need the same uh, advantages of social signaling that we use through, you know, taking a picture of ourselves next to a Lamborghini. Maybe it's in a Taco Bell parking lot. Maybe it's in our garage. You don't actually know. The amazing thing about the blockchain is that the provenance is there to show that I purchased this asset. So it could be a Chanel handbag that you carry around in the metaverse uh, as a signal to other people that you have something desirable or that you were early into an opportunity. Um, it definitely signals community participation and membership in a way that um, is uh, really difficult to do in digital spaces today. Um, so not only are brands selling digital goods and earning significant revenue from the ability to sell those goods from profile pictures to virtual 3D assets, they're starting to build stores and storefronts in the metaverse. Uh, so Decentraland and Sandbox are two emerging metaverses that um, are metaverses because they allow you to own the land as an individual. You can lease it, you can generate revenues from having that land. So they're building places that you as a avatar can visit, purchase these goods. And this is nothing new. Second Life has been doing this for a long time. But because of the tie to the blockchain, you have proven ownership of those assets and the land that they were purchased on. Uh, and that's really the foundation of Web3 as an idea. It goes from being a read, write, write web uh, experience, uh, you know, a two-way medium to a place where you can fractionalize and have ownership of those web experiences and trade them freely in the marketplace. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember Second Life, and I, I recall one of my colleagues, this is, must be about 13, 14 years ago, saying, Second Life, get a life. That was his payoff line <laughs> in one of his uh, 
pieces, but things have moved on since then, haven't they? And um, so the, the Web3, the metaverse is, is changing everything. And we did a big features on this on, on PR Week recently, and we'll keep diving into that. Just a couple of things that I think people bring up whenever you talk about NFTs. First of all, let's talk about the environmental footprint, because you would expect, because it's digital, that it wouldn't, it would be much more environmental. But a lot of people say it isn't, and in, that it has uh, potentially harmful, you know, environmental impact. How do, how do you sort of uh, respond to that when people put throw that one out there? Yeah. So um, the environmental consideration is something that I think the crypto community has had under consideration for a long time themselves. Um, it's it tends to be uh, a you know a collective of developers who have egalitarian ideals in some cases, the ones who originate these blockchains anyways, and maybe not the ones who, from a financial standpoint, um, you know, take advantage of others. Uh, but the the movement we've seen is, you know, with the Ethereum blockchain, for example, uh, they're moving towards a, a merge and evolution of uh, the utility and the, the mechanism of, of proving uh, transactions on the blockchain um, to, to go away from one that requires you to have your computer systems do the work to solve those algorithms and and uh, confirm those transactions to one that's based on staking and it's more digitalized. Um, and it, it removes the energy consumption aspect uh, from uh, from confirming the transactions, it gives it that security and uh, distribution. And there, there's something um, that we're seeing in the emergence of new layer one protocols like Ethereum, um, and in uh, the emergence of layer two protocols that work underneath, uh, you know, layer ones to allow for higher transaction throughput or uh, faster transaction speeds um, that uh, they're they're leaning into these more um, you know non proof of work uh, types of systems and because of this uh, new technology um, I think a lot of the issues and concerns about having big rooms of computer systems that are you know fans blowing over them and consuming a lot of energy will start to reduce the other thing that I'd say is um, we see that the uh, driver of energy consumption and, and mining things like Bitcoin and Ethereum um, has encouraged those uh, those owners to uh, use more renewable energies. And so they're setting up solar farms and wind farms uh, in order to power these things because from a cost efficiency standpoint, it's much easier for them to uh, install those and, and allows them to have control of the full supply chain of energy into uh, the confirmation of these transactions on these computer systems. So. Um, there is a lot of thought that we're putting, at least for our clients, into uh, the importance of yeah. having a sustainable solution. And so uh, many of our clients are looking at uh, other protocols like NIR and uh, Polygon and others that um, either do carbon offsets or they have low energy consumption costs. Um, so there's a lot of ways that um, this community is thinking about solving for the environmental concern. Yeah, and that will need to be part of the brand narrative, won't it? They'll need to be able to respond to that. So uh, good to know that things are developing on that front. Just quickly, give us the deets on VCon, because it sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, it's coming up soon. Yeah, so VCon is coming up in May. Um, the only way that you can uh, go from May 19th to the 22nd in Minneapolis is to have the NFT ticket. Um, right now, if you purchase a new Series 1 vFriend, um, it's not going to be possible for you to get the ticket issuance from that. They've already been minted out to all the owners. So this is one way that 
people who held that token are getting extra value. They're able to trade on the secondary market the uh, individual ticket. Um, every year after this, they're going to get an additional ticket. Um, and there's always going to be the secondary market for that. So you can go into OpenSea or one of these other uh, NFT trading platforms. Coinbase NFT just launched yesterday. They're a client, so I have to shout them out. Uh, you can purchase um, yeah, NFTs from that marketplace as well. Um, and when you get there, you'll be able to show that and, and get into the conference to see Snoop Dogg and Eva Longoria and some of the top NFT artists talk about their experience going through uh, the Web3 transformation that everybody is thinking about right now. That sounds great. So, uh, yeah, look, looking forward to it and, uh, yeah, have a great time. So uh, thanks for joining us on Coffee Break, Namal, and uh, <laughs> good to find out more about NFTs. Thanks for having me, Steve. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.